If you have your Bible, find a book called Zechariah. We have a verse of scripture from Zechariah up here that's been up here for a long time, more than 20 years. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. We're going to look at a few verses before this verse, actually, this morning. Uh, and you need your Bible. I, didn't, I don't have it up on the board. Don't have it up on the PowerPoint or whatever it is we have now. It's not PowerPoint. It's some other fancy deal. But uh, so you'll have to read it right out of your Bible. All right. Zechariah chapter number four. All right. And looking at verse one. The prophet said this, he said, now the angel who talked with me came back and wakened me as a man who is wakened out of his sleep. And he said to me, what do you see? So I said, I am looking and there was a lampstand of solid gold with a bowl on top of it and on the stand seven lamps with seven pipes to the seven lamps. Two olive trees are by it, one at the right of the bowl and the other is at the left So I answered and spoke to the angel who talked with me, saying, What are these, my Lord? Then the angel who talked with me answered and said, Do you not know what these are? I said, No, my Lord. So he answered me uh, and said unto me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. We are in a series right now called awakening. Awakening is a Bible word and it was used in the Bible to represent something that was shaken to be awakened, shaken to alert. You know, you can be uh, awake, you can be awake with your eyes open, kind of walking through life and all of a sudden something hits you. Maybe it's a tragedy. Maybe you win the lottery for $600 billion or whatever it is now. Uh, or something happens to you, boom, and you're, you know, you're awakened to alert. Well, God did that to his people. There were times where God's people were slumbering through life, and he had to come and awaken them, shake them awake. And I'm praying that that's what God does to our church. He awakens us, awakens us to alert, a heightened sense of alert. Even if we're at a certain level of revelation, how many know that God takes us from glory to what? Glory. And he doesn't stop there. It goes to glory. Come on now. Glory to glory to glory. God takes us to. And so there's always a new level, another level that we can go to. Awakening the believer is the act of shaking a believer by a a jolt. We're going to pursue a new level of passion in the Lord. Last week, we talked a little bit about awakening hunger, what it means to have that passion, to be hungry. And uh, this week, we kicked off our fast. We're doing a variation of the Daniel fast. Uh, I was talking to Brother Tom, and I know you're tired of me using you as examples, Brother Tom, as an example, but I was talking to him, and, you know, we were talking about, like, what you give up on the Daniel fast and those types of things, and he was saying, well, it's really not even like fasting to me, you know, which is are actually beautiful words. That's where we need to get to, right, Sister Carrie, you know? Uh, we need to get to the place where it's, that's not even like fasting, you know? We have to go deeper than that, you know, just giving up meat and, and, and sugar, but, uh, you know, we started our fast this week, and I know some of us are doing very well on the fast. You know, some of us may have tripped up a little bit, 
But I want to tell you that it's, even if you've tripped up a little bit, it's not an excuse to stop the fast. You can't say, oh, well, you know, I tripped up. I had this, you know, whatever it may be. And uh, so now just forget it. The fast is over. The fast is not over. Keep going. Come on. A righteous man may be knocked down seven times, but he gets back up every time. Come on. God is going to take us to a new level in him. Today, very briefly, I'm just going to kind of go through this. I want to give you uh, a little bit about awakening alignment. Awakening alignment. Now, this is very important. Alignment. Align ourselves to the word of God. Remember our prayer for 2016. We recited it last week. I'll put it up here. Our prayer for 2016, we said in Jesus' name. Now take this to heart. By the power of the blood shed on the cross, by the authority of the scriptures, this is you. This is you declaring something. I declare this to be a year of amazing fruitfulness, bountiful supply, increase of God's presence, and a new level of passion for God, for church, and for people. Our cry is to awaken me, Lord. Make me thirsty for you, and my soul will follow hard after you. Make me thirsty for you. Well, if we're going to be awakened, if we're going to be aligned to the Word of God, we need to align our life to Jesus. My life is to be aligned to Jesus, to His Word, to His authority, to His kingdom. It is to be aligned with a single-hearted devotion and biblical principles. That's how we are to align our lives. I'm going to talk a little bit about that. Now, in this series, we're doing five awakenings. Last week, we talked about awakening hunger. This week, we're going to talk a little bit about awakening alignment. Then we'll talk about awakening abandonment. You might say awakening abandonment. What does that mean? That, that's the, that is the manifestation of the old hymn, I Surrender All. I abandon everything that is not like you. I abandon my thoughts, my ways, my way of thinking. I abandon everything that's not like you, Lord, and I'll follow hard after you. An awakening abandonment. Then we're going to talk about awakening agreement. Amos said, can two walk together unless they be... Agreed, in agreement, must be in agreement. Then, finally, we're going to talk about awakening anticipation, anticipating something, anticipating, expectation, expecting that the Lord is not only going to do something, but he's going to make us into something. Come on, he's shaping us, and he's molding us into something. We need to align our life to Jesus. Great philosopher, Watchman Nee, once said this, said a spiritual person is not just born again, but born again and walking in spiritual alignment. A spiritual person is not just simply born again. I didn't just answer an altar call. I didn't just speak some words to say, Lord, I welcome you into my life and then just live out my life and I just can't wait to get to heaven. And that's when the spirituality starts. But a spiritual person now is changed because now I'm a new creature. Come on, old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And now I align my life with spiritual alignment to the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on. 
Now, here's what we're talking about. We're, in order to get there, we kick this thing off with a fast. Here's what fasting does for you. Fasting promotes a greater concentration of spiritual perceptions. A greater, not that you can't hear from God without fasting, but it just takes you to another level in him where you're a little more keen, you're a little more tuned in. You know, now we're in the days of, you know, MP3s and downloads and, you know, internet radio and all that. But back in my day, we used to have to listen to the radio. And then we used to have uh, AM radio where when you drive down the street, you know, it would go in and go out. And then when it would get a little fuzzy, my mom would touch the dial and she would kind of tune it up a little bit. Ah, there it is. Now she can listen to the Commodores clearly. I know a lot of you don't know who the Commodores are, but that's who my mother used to, Earth, Wind, and Fire. She used to listen to them, you know. And then she got real holy. She started listening to Mighty Clouds of Joy. Anybody know? Some of you don't know. Maybe a few of you might know the Mighty Clouds of Joy. All right. And so, but she'd, she'd tune it in. And that's what we need to do with our lives. And that's what fasting does for us. It kind of tunes us in a little bit more, promotes a greater concentration, insights, decisions, actions and attitudes, as well as greater effectiveness in achieving God's purpose. Fasting hones us in on these things. Now, there are some alignment destroyers. There are some things that will destroy your alignment with God. Here's what alignment does for you. If you were to stand here and draw a straight line from here over to the wall or to the window, you see that line over there and you try to walk that line. Now, alignment, many of us will get to the destination, but it's how we get to the destination that God is concerned about. You see, when you accept the Lord, when you get saved, when you are born again, a new creature is awakened in you. God breathes the breath of life in you just like he did in Adam and Eve, and you are now an eternal spiritual creature. You're already living in eternity, though you are in this body. That's why Paul said, come on, who will deliver me from this body of death? I'm an eternal creature. I can't wait to get out of this nasty body. Come on. But God is concerned about us not only getting to the destination, because we've already been awakened. So we're going to get there. But how we get there? See, Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Here, now. Not when it's all over. Not when I come back and I roll up the heavens like a scroll. Not when I come back and burn and the earth and the universe go away and I create a new heaven and new earth. I'm talking about right here, right now. And so if you, were to, if you were to make a line from here to there, if you're in alignment with that thing, you would just walk right on that line. You just walk from here to there. Right there. You'd be in alignment. No problems. But most of us don't ha- walk like that in our life. Most of us walk a little bit over here, financial problems that we put ourselves into, and then we kind of go back toward the line, and then we get over here, maybe some relationship problems that we have some of us take a way out here a little bit you know and then we kind of get back to the we're still going toward the destination and then some of us come over here we got some habits you know some things we need to be delivered from and then we tell oh wait a minute i need to get back to the line i mean good lord by the time we get to the line you look like you know a drunk person out there taking a test with the police officers you know and that's what god when he comes and he says look i'm gonna line you up like this 
And I'm going to give you some things that you can put into your life that you can walk a straight line. Now, not that things won't attack you. Oh, finances will still attack you. Come on, habits will still attack you. But it won't knock you off the line. Even if it does, it won't be very far. You'll be right there. That's all right. I can take it. I'm still going toward my destination. See, we'll both get there. Both people get there. The drunk and the sober get there. All right, but how do you want to live your life? You want to live your life drunk? (laughs) Not knowing you get there to heaven and say, how in the world did I get here? Come on. God wants us to live an abundant life now. He wants to wake us up to that. And there are some alignment destroyers. The first thing uh, is the world. The world will destroy your alignment. The world wants to take you and, and, con- and conform you into what it has, you know, its thoughts, uh, the way that it does things, its economics, right? Its moral, its moral, its mor- morality, all of these types of things. The world wants to take you and fold you into its ideas. Come on, where anything goes, right? Uh, that's what the world wants to do. It will absolutely destroy your alignment. Alignment can be corrupted by the spirit of this world. You see, all of those things, it's not just happenstance and chance and habits. I believe it's a spirit in this world. Come on. That's always after you. Always after you. You ever notice, if you're a Christian and uh, you take a stand on some things, you know, you have some morality, you have some character, Right. And uh, you've, you know, God, you've allowed God to develop your acumen. Come on. And you, you have some you have some good judgment and you and you take a stand, you know, and you use the word. No, no, I will not do that. No. You ever notice that when you uh, express some of that morality in the world, now all of a sudden you are the outcast. You know, it's like, what is wrong with you? I mean, you are you know, you're not tolerant. Uh, you know, you're blinded, you're closed-minded, all of these things. But I'm here to tell you this morning that God is saying, yes, there are some things that you need to be closed-minded about. Uh, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except by me, the Lord Jesus. There is no other name under heaven by which men will be saved. Salvation comes no other way. And you can't talk your way out of it. You can't say, well, there's some gray areas. You can't get a lawyer to kind of argue it and find some loopholes. There's no loopholes in that. He is the only way. And so the world will absolutely destroy your alignment. Your flesh will destroy your alignment. You can be ruined and twisted by the power of the flesh. And then, of course, your enemy can destroy your alignment. Many people think, and I'll put these in order here, many people think that Satan is the number one alignment destroyer. I want to tell you Satan is not the number one alignment destroyer. Actually, if I were, if I were really to put these in order, I would put the flesh first. You know who's your greatest alignment destroyer? You are. <laughs> Come on, I am my greatest alignment destroyer. And then the world, and then Satan. Come on, because he only gives you thoughts, ideas, and suggestions. You do the work. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) So what do you need to align to? Several things. First of all, you need to align your life to Christ uh, if you're not in Christ. Now, what does that mean? Obviously, if you're not, uh, if, if you have not given your life to the Lord, if he hasn't changed you, then the rest of it is moot. You need to be changed first. You need to be a spiritual being because deep cries out to deep. Spirit speaks to spirit, and flesh speaks to flesh. 
There are many people who say, well, look at those people at church. I can't believe that they would get up this morning when the roads are that bad. Come on now. You go to church every Sunday. You can miss a Sunday. I can't believe they would go to church on a Sunday when 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 the roads are that bad. And then also, why do they give money? You know, you're in college. I mean, uh, college is $40,000 or whatever it is. I mean, good Lord. It's highway robbery. And uh, you're giving your money to the church. That's crazy. It's ludicrous. Somebody say ludicrous. It's ludicrous to the world what we do. Guess what? I don't expect them to understand because they're not spiritual people. And you cannot have understanding of spiritual things if you are not a spiritual person. And so the first alignment is you have to have your life aligned by salvation. That A life that has never been aligned to Jesus has to be aligned to Christ. Right? Colossians 1.13, he delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of his son and the son of his love. That's what he did. You also need to align your life uh, to Christ for those who have drifted away. There may be some who are in Christ, but maybe you missed church one Sunday, you didn't read your word that much, and all of a sudden you found yourself that you haven't really prayed that much, and now you've kind of drifted away from the Lord. You've drifted away from Jesus. You need to align your life back to the Lord. Guess what? You're never too far to come back. There are many prodigals, and it's my prayer this year, that God would reach out by the Spirit with his hand, the hand of his Spirit and bring those prodigals back in because they still belong to him. They may be, they may be acting like the world, but they're not the world. Come on, they still belong to the Lord. So those who have drifted away need to drift back. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Psalm 56, 8, you number my wanderings. Put my tears into your bottle. And they are not, are they not in your book? The Lord knows every tear. He knows every wandering. He knows. In fact, before you wandered, he already knew. He already knew it was going to happen. Luke 15 says this, you know the story, I am no longer worthy to be called your son, make me like one of your hired servants, the prodigal son said, and he arose and came to his father, but when he was still a great way off, his father saw him, he had what compassion on him, he ran to him, fell on his neck, he kissed him, said for my son was dead, but now he is alive again. Now he is aligning his life back to the Father. That's what you need to do. Now, here we go. Here's something else. Many of us in here have already given our life to the Lord. Maybe there's not very many who have strayed away from God. But here's one. Some of us need to align our life to purity. Oh, come on. Some of us need to align our life to purity. Matthew 5, 8 says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Hebrews says, pursue peace with all people, holiness, without which no one shall see the Lord. Come on now. Oh, that's a heavy one. I know we're a little sleepy this morning. I know the weather out there and all of those types of things. But I'm going to read this one again because you need to get this one in your spirit. It says, pursue peace with all people. This is Hebrews 12, 14. And 
Holiness, that means pursue holiness. Go after holiness, pursue it. Without which, no one will see the Lord. Don't expect to see the Lord if you have not pursued holiness. 1 Peter 1, 15 and 16, But as he who called you is holy, also you be holy in all your conduct. Because it is written, Be holy for I am holy. 1 Timothy 2.22, flee also youthful lusts. Come on. Pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those who call on the Lord with a pure heart. We need to call on the Lord with a pure heart. Here's, what I, here's my definition of purity. What are we talking about when we talk about purity? Purity is a state of being unmixed and undefiled, without spot or stain, free from any pollution or contamination free from any pollution or contamination now here's a little secret you cannot do that on your own you cannot purify yourself the only way to get pure is to pursue holiness and that is to pursue the presence of the Lord you can wake up and try you can give it your all you can give a good fight you can do all of those things but without pursuing his presence you'll never reach the goal of purity Because he is holy, and that's how we get to be holy. To be pure is 100% authentic, to be innocent, clean, holy unto the Lord. He washes us with the water of his word. It's hard to do today. How many know we live in a filthy culture? We really do. I mean, there's filthy language, filthy conduct, filthiness of flesh. It's all around us. And the only way that we can rise above it is to pursue the presence of the Lord. We are to live a pure life, 2 Corinthians 7.1. So then let us purify ourselves from everything that makes body or soul unclean. Let us be completely holy by living in awe of God. That's the good news translation. Let us be completely holy by what? Living in awe of God. Living in awe of him. Oh, grace motivates us. Come on. And grace is the only thing that we can, that we, that allows us to rise above all of these things. Come on. Sexual impurity, sexual desires. Come on. Impure lusts, habits that we have, attitudes. Come on. All of these things. Jesus said this. He said, if anyone is to be my disciple... You are to deny yourself, take up your what? Cross. There's a cross? There's a cross involved? See, in that day, it meant a lot more to them, you know, because it happened uh, every week. (laughs) Somebody got crucified. Come on. And so they understood what that meant when it said, take up your cross. Take up your cross? What do you mean? I don't know about all that. Take up my couch? (laughs) Maybe take up my food? And follow you, but take up my, he said, take up your cross and follow me. Deny yourself. We can be cleansed from all impurity. In him, Ephesians 1, 7 says, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to his riches. Come on. And his grace. 1 John 1, 9, you know this one. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 
Isaiah 1.16 says, wash yourselves, make yourselves clean, put away the evil of your doings from before my eyes, cease to do evil. And in Psalms 25.7, do not remember the sins of my youth, David cried out, nor my transgressions. According to your mercy, remember me for your goodness sake, for your goodness sake. Now, I know we need to be awakened this morning. I want us to do something. Real quick, I want us to make a declaration of purity. Will you do that with me today? Come on, I'm going to put this up on the board. We're going to make a declaration of purity together. Let's say this together. Come on, one, two, three. I declare that I am redeemed by the blood of Christ. I am a new creation. I am not the product of my past, but a product of Christ's work on the cross. I am free from sin. In bondage, I renounce all former activities of my past. I stand in the grace of God now. Take that heart. Take it to heart because God is purifying you. We need to align our life to God's authority. Authority is a dirty word sometimes in today's society. God has all authority and God is in charge. He expects us to submit to him, and he also expects us to submit to his delegated authority. God knows. He was there when it all began. He'll be there long after it ends. Come on. He's in control. We need to align our life to God's word. Read and meditate on God's word. If it doesn't line up with his word, then we shouldn't be doing it. We shouldn't be saying it. Come on. Shouldn't be part of our life. If it doesn't line up with his word, that's the continuous mental discipline. It includes memorizing his word. Come on. Reciting his word. Praying his word. We should be doing that during our fast. If you don't know what to pray, pray God's word. Get into the word. Read it. And then begin to pray that word. And let me finish up with this. Let me give you six benefits to aligning yourself to the word of God. This is what will happen for you. It's good news. I don't know about you, but this is good news. It's good news to me. (laughs) Aligning yourself to God's word. Many people think, oh, man, if I got to align myself to God's word, that means I need to give up this and give up that. and I can't do this and, you know, all of those types of things. Let me give you the good news. (laughs) Here's a benefit of aligning yourself to God's word. Number one, you will have good success. Come on, how many know Joshua 1.8? Come on, keep the words of my mouth, keep the, my words in your mouth, God said. Meditate on them day and night. Observe to do them, come on, that you will make your way prosperous and you will have what? You will have good success, not bad success, but good success. Next benefit is whatever you do will prosper. Now, I'm talking about aligning yourself to God's word. So you may say, oh, whatever I do will prosper, huh? Well, I'll just go out and try this. I'll just go out and play the lotto. I'll just go out and do this. Well, you're not aligning yourself. It says align yourself to God's word. That means what he said do. When you do what he says, everything you do will prosper. When you try to do your own thing and say, well, it's not prospering, God, he's going to say, yep, you didn't align yourself to my word. I didn't tell you that would prosper. I told you aligning yourself to my word, everything you do will prosper. 
You will excel in wisdom. How many in here need some more wisdom? I don't know about you. Come on now, 100%. I know I need some. If you don't need wisdom, you may know it all. And guess what? Even knowing it all is not enough because knowledge is not wisdom. Come on. Wisdom is knowing what to do with the knowledge that you have. When to do it, how to do it. Come on. And so God will get, you will excel in wisdom. Psalm 119, 97. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all day. I understand more than the ancients because I kept your precepts. I understand more than the ancients. You will excel in wisdom. You will have power over sin. Come on. How many need power over sin? Oh, come on. I know you don't want to raise your hand to that because nobody wants to admit that they sin. Come on. Or that they fall into some things. But I'm going to tell you, I would like to have some power over sin because I want to walk in spite of my circumstances. I want to walk on the water. I want to walk on my circumstances. Come on. No matter what comes my way. David said, how can a young man cleanse this way? By taking heed according to your word. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. You will have power. You will discover how to live. You have not lived until you live according to the word of God. I mean, you have not lived. I'm talking about abundant life. Look at all of these things. Good success. Whatever you do prospers. You got the Midas touch. Come on. You excel in wisdom. You have power over sin. Every time you're tempted, nope, I'm all right. You can, you can keep on stepping. I mean, that's a good life right there. You'll discover how to live, and your success will be obvious to all. And it's not because you are arrogant. It's not because you are boasting. But it's simply because you're humble and you follow God's word, your success will be obvious to everyone around you. God will bless you so much until your success will be contagious. And people will want to know, how is it that you live in abundance? How is it that your life is successful? How is it everything that you do prospers? What is that thing about you? And you can share with them the Lord Jesus Christ. It is him and him alone. And it's not just principles, come on, it's not just ways, it's not just laws, it's not just commandments, but I love the Lord Jesus himself. See, it's his presence that we have to uh, align ourselves to, we have to dive into it. That's the first step in aligning your life to Jesus, amen? How many this morning want to live in a life that's aligned to Jesus? I know I do, to his word, come on. I want to live a life that's aligned to his word. Now listen, I want to tell you one other thing. Should you trip up a little bit, just like I said about the fast, should you fall off? Come on. You have an, get back in the saddle, you have an advocate with the Father. He doesn't want anyone to sin, to fall into your habit, to do whatever it is that you do. But guess what? Because you are saved and because you are in covenant relationship, you have an advocate with the Father. So if you've fallen into the prodigal, come on back. Come to yourself. Come to your senses and say, look, the servants in my father's house live better than this. Me out here 
on drugs, drinking, whatever it is, financial trouble, trouble with all my relationships, my attitudes, all of these things so far from God. I'm coming to myself and I'm going back to the Lord. If you're like me, you want to live a life that's aligned to the Lord. Amen.